<laughs> Let's do this. This is a fun little thing we do. Are we going to do it together? <laughs> yes. That's how we do it every week, Holly. <laughs> together, but apart in two different states. <laughs> this is Slip Into the Night, episode five initiation rituals in this episode holly and i dive into the deep end of the hot tub pool naked (laughs) (laughs) really really (laughs) join us on our sexcapade (laughs) wow uh, this was not part of the pre-show chat. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, what are you suggesting? Yeah. Uh, that hot tubs are great. Mm. <laughs> mm. Now, um, <clears throat> Holly had uh, suggested the topic of initiation rituals, which I've, I've actually, um, I haven't like had a lot, a ton of experience with. However, I've uh, had uh, quite a bit, uh, quite quite a few discussions on the on the subject and on the matter and what they are and what they mean and what they what they do for the initiate and or the uh, uh, teacher, educator, whatever you might want to call the person doing the initiating. Um, but initiation rituals can also be done uh, in a solitary fashion as well, um, and they they're not uh relegated to just you know one thing they they cross many boundaries uh <clears throat> be it spiritually religious religions there are many different types of uh belief systems that use initiation rituals but i thought it was a, a definitely a cool subject for us to delve into so my hat's off to you holly yeah well um I think it, it is one of those things that is somewhat misunderstood or there's lots of different ways to do it. So it's um, in, in some ways, it's one of those things that maybe on the, the mainstream or um, popular culture misunderstands it or misrepresents it. So I thought it was something that we could we could talk a little bit about. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you're saying, you don't have any direct experience with any kind of initiations or or do you? Well, as far as in a group, no. Mm-hmm. As far as in a solitary nature, then yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. You know, mm-hmm. trying to reach my tissues. They're too far away. There they are. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I have had um, uh, experience in in so much as that I have uh, delved into certain practices that where you a lot of these things are very tiered mm-hmm. you know like you learn yeah. a what you learn one thing and then you progress on um if you follow any of the teachings of the golden dawn um mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me yeah uh, most forms of ritual magic it's all very tier based uh mm-hmm. wicked not so much i don't think uh although they do have initiation rituals but I don't, I've never seen Wicker as tier-based. Um, or witchcraft, for that matter. Um, but I, I, I've never done uh, any deep delving into it either. Um, any great, serious research. So, right, know. right. So what I do know is, um, so lots of cultures and different religious and spiritual groups all kind of have their own different forms of initiations, which may be more of a structured ritual or it may not be. And it doesn't even need to be a, a, you know, functional, functionally spiritual group. You know, there's a lot of like in tribal cultures, um, initiations into like, say different age groups, like a rite of passage into adulthood that may undergo some kind of ritual where you have to either prove yourself or maybe go on to like a three day journey into the wilderness Right. 
<clears throat> where that is a, at least partially to get like a vision quest, which is a type of initiation where, you know, in like in a lot of North American indigenous cultures, um, the young adult would go out and fend for themselves out into the wilderness for three days or something and try to promote this kind of vision that is kind of initiating them into like their next phase of their life. And a lot of these, whatever it is, is these initiation acts are kind of a intersection somehow with kind of a more spiritual component <laughs> to um, about, uh, this kind of stepping into a, a, a new experience. Mm -hmm. Um so I've never I've never been in, on a vision quest, so I can't actually really speak to that. Although I, I realize that it, that is one that is linked to a certain age group. There may other be other rituals that involve pain, like tattooing or piercing, or things like circumcision is a type of initiation where you undergo a physical alteration to meet kind of the needs to of to ruin the your penis. Yeah, depending on your perspective of it. I know. want my foreskin back, damn it. I didn't get any choice in that matter. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of men don't have any choice and in I, that matter. And, and, and here's the thing, like, I regret taking my sons. You do? I do. Like, I regret being part of that decision, although I, I didn't get much choice in the matter. Um, I regret not throwing more of a stink about that. Because, yeah, because it's natural. It's the way it was intended. And why should we change it? Mm -hmm. You know, anybody that I've talked to that has a normal fucking penis that hasn't been circumcised is like, yeah, you just got to find clean the goddamn thing. You know, it's not, mm -hmm. uh, they're like, you wash yours. I'm like, yeah, fucking then you it, fucking normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Know? Yes. You might have to be a little bit more diligent about some things, but. Fuck yeah, I wish I had mine back. Hell yeah. Yeah. But functionally speaking, that is, you know, in that case, it's a, a little bit about having to do with, you know, hygiene and cleanliness and being part of a specific culture that they practice that. And mm -hmm. um, so that is something that's that's done. Um, there are, you know, that's the same thing with, you know, it's very frowned upon on Western cultures but female circumcision is still practiced in some parts of the world where they t are taking the clitoris oh that's uh, horrible and you know it is you know most western cultures um view that as basically mutilation um but it is one of these rites that involves pain and undergoing kind of a an, an event to um, yeah, you could call it an, a, you could call it an event <laughs> yeah you know to mark the change of life status from one place to another. Hmm. Um, usually it is not that extreme. Um, I think tattooing in some cultures is also part of a, a, a ritual or initiation type of um, practice. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, the, it's, it's even used in like gang culture. Yes. Like where certain people have certain tattoos that they get. Mm -hmm. In know, prison it, culture too, in like prison culture as well. Yeah, it's uh, that's all type of initiation type stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, re being recognized. Yes, you know, being recognized as this thing. Now, in in the places that we're talking about it, like in ritual magic, or you know, in the druidic traditions, or or Wicca, or witchcraft, or shamans, or what, you know, whatever the case may be these initiation rituals are more ritual based. <clears throat> like th this isn't about just like, you know, getting something put on you or whatever it is. It's about uh, performing some type of ritual and having, having intention and, you know, preparing to go into this thing or to the next level or whatever the case may be. They even do it in Scientology for fuck's sake. Only you got to pay. <laughs> right. So like for me, my personal experience with it is when I've been doing some of my more shamanic studies, there have been ceremonial components that you have, um, you know, where I've undergone certain initiations. So there's, you know, 
you know, where you've worked with a um, kind of, where in my case, I worked with a, a teacher shaman who then passed, you know, this initiation on to me. And it was a, more of a ceremonial blessing type of a thing. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> that kind of marked that I had done a certain amount of uh, like inner work. Right. Um, but in shamanism, um, you can have um, at least the, the kind that I follow, which is like this more of the South American, um, nor, you know, indigenous um, shamanism. You can have spontaneous um, initiations um, of various kinds. And some of those in, in some things that are in that bracket of spontaneous initiations can be like a severe illness or a trauma. Um, one of the big ones in the Andes is getting hit by lightning or almost being drowned and surviving a drowning. Um, and you don't have to go through those things to become, um, to do that. But um, that is one pathway to it. And the other way is to work with a, a more experienced shaman who kind of initiates uh, ceremonially the same kind of sh energetic shift. However, a lot of times those are kind of starting like a kind of an, an inner, <clears throat> an inner change that can also bring up a lot of turbulent feelings. And um, so it's not always um, an emotionally easy thing. Mm -hmm. um, and it can kind of create an inner kind of an inner internal descent if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Or um, it can be, um, in shamanism, there is what's called the shamanic journey. You can journey through um, altered consciousness to other realities and have that be part of the um, of the initiation. Right. Through descending down to the, for example, into the underworld, which well, is which is not hell in the shamanic perspective it's just a, a different dimension and and the way that i had always seen initiation rituals is that they they kind of frame your mind for the journey it's more of a uh let's put myself in this mindset i am a student and this is where i am you know that it, you seat yourself in a way and by going through the initiation ritual and by participating in this thing you've accepted that and that role and because you've accepted that role your mindset is different mm -hmm. and that is what you know that i think that more is more to the power of these these rituals uh, these initiations than you know just Oh well, you know you're poof. You're now part of this thing. I think it's uh, more to the point. It's poof. You are a part of this thing. You know, not so much that you're a part of this thing now. Your your mindset is now a part of this thing. You have you're you're in it, and those initiation rituals take you through this thing and put you into that mindset all of those those rituals or anything that you do for any of those types of spiritual practices they're all a mindset there you know you usually have uh, the different rituals that you do to begin you know uh it, be it in witchcraft or in wicker i think it's like the calling of the the watchtowers or whatever in the in uh, ritual magic it's yeah, you're calling out to the elements of the, the, the four directions. Um, whatever it may be, you're, it's a preparedness. You're preparing your brain. And someone uh, described uh, what the Golden Dawn did like perfectly once. And they said that what they were doing was hacking their own subconscious, their own brains. By learning all of these symbols and understanding how all these things work, they were hacking themselves. And I thought that was brilliant, just a brilliant way to look at it. And these initiation rituals, in a sense, are a way of hacking yourself and 
keep changing yourself. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't, Holly, I don't know how this applies, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with it. Okay. Kiss me where it smells funny. Huh? Okay. That certainly sounds like that could be a initiation into something. It could be. It could be. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Bubby Blindy is, what gender <laughs> they identify as. But uh, now, are they talking to me? Or are they talking to you? I don't know. Holly. Or is it just like an? I don't open... know what this has to do with the topic at hand. I just thought that it should be addressed. Mm -hmm. I thought you know? that was a very colorful um, icon avatar. Yeah, they live. Get to yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, I, I, kudos on the avatar. Right. Uh, the, the, the they live avatar. Uh, Top the, notch. The comment, not so much. Not so much. Um, mm. But yeah, the, the, all these initiation rituals, I, th I really do. I think that they, they're far more of a mindset. It's a way to get you into, okay, this is what I'm doing now. I'm a part of this. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you're often brought in. You're welcomed into this thing. Um, you know, and and in the the traditions that I had uh, been a part of, which were all solitary stuff, I did I didn't mm -hmm. do anything really in in any type of a group besides mm -hmm. like talking with people. Mm -hmm. um, but in ritual magic, everything is very stepped. Right. Um, so it's it, it, you. You kind of like initiate yourself, right? In a sense, in that way. Um, or yeah. you can go through initiation rituals with groups. You right. know, it is it's very very flexible. And mm -hmm. one thing that I hated about uh, certain uh, uh, belief structures is they were just like you know that well you can't do that on your own. Well, the fuck I can't. You know. Uh, yeah, the, I don't. I don't necessarily believe that to be true either. Right. Um, I mean, I I do <clears throat> agree that it, to a certain extent, it is preparing your mind and helping your mind one it, adjust to transition and transformation. Mm -hmm. And certainly, ceremony helps um, helps you overall adjust into like different um, life phases and changes in role or changes in group membership. Um, I mean, my personal experience, and because I believe in a spiritual component, it is also a time where you, for me, it's been to interface with that spiritual dimension, you know, which, I, you know, I don't expect any of the, you know, people to agree with me on that. This is just my personal opinion and experience is that when I have been in having these um, initiation type of experiences, I have had a component where I have been interfacing with a non-physical um, entity entity or whatever my brain is interpreting as that. And that's right. kind of the clause there is like, I can't establish for sure that that's what it is. It's how my brain interpreted my experience. Right. You know, so, you know, I was like, okay, well, this is what I've experienced. And this is how my brain understands it as an experience. Mm -hmm. um, they've been personal, definitely a high degree of personal experience, even though I've worked with, in some cases, other people um, when I've had these um, initiation moments. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, see, I never worked with anybody. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Like I said, I, I did some, uh, the, the, we would have like group discussions. There were a few of us who were kind of uh, going down the same paths, so to mm -hmm. speak. Not necessarily the same paths, but very mm -hmm. similar ones. And we would get together and we would talk and we would discuss mm -hmm. things and um, uh, so on and so forth. Um, <clears throat> it was a great way to learn a lot of things, too. Um doing it that way you know there was a lot of d discussion back and forth um i don't know you know i was just not one to want to participate in these things in, in a group way it just to me it felt very personal all of these mm -hmm. spiritual things felt very personal and i didn't think that i needed to necessarily share them with anyone else um they were more mine yeah uh, so absolutely and and that makes a lot of people 
uh very jealous too like i would find like uh at the time girlfriends especially would mm-hmm. be like well that's more important than me and it's like this is what i believe like this is you know you can't allow me to have this thing for a short period of time mm-hmm. <laughs> like but it would it was ju- it would just become an issue and um <clears throat> So, I mean, back to the you know the whole initiation thing. It it it, it takes you into something else, and you accept that when you when you participate in it. You know, so by doing it, you're saying I'm going from being this person to being that person. You know, whatever that person may be. You know, whatever that label that you're purposefully putting upon yourself because that's basically what you're doing. You're applying a label. Yeah. So it, it is a denoting kind of a shift in where you kind of see yourself in the world. Right. And, you know, like I've had some initiations, they've come with some different sort of, like classifications or titles, you know, I don't share those with people because I don't think that really means anybody, anything to anybody, but me ultimately, or people who kind of are familiar with the type of spiritual practice that I follow. Right. You know, so, you know, I, I don't feel a big need to, you know, put it out there. And I think, Um, and like I said, I think everybody's journey spiritually is personal. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there are people out there and you should, you know, people should discuss things. and But people should take their own spiritual journey. Yeah, that's I think that's more to the point of what it's all about is finding that divinity within you. Oh, absolutely. You know, that thing. Well, yes. And I think it's about kind of like you said, your own individual experience and sometimes sharing those things with others because they haven't experienced it. They can't, it's not always so relatable or you can't always convey how and it's not always, it is. And it's not always helpful for you. Right. So sometimes you know, it can be, sometimes you can have a discussion with somebody about those things mm-hmm. and that can be a helpful discussion and it can bring you to another level. It can give you some form of enlightenment or understanding whatever the case may be but you know it's it's one of those um what am i trying to say there it's you can get there sort of like you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink okay you can get that information you can do all that stuff you can have those realizations but then you have to put in the effort this thing is just a, it's like a merit badge. You know, it's like a ceremony of getting a merit badge pinned on you. Same idea. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's more of a, all right, it's an, ex- for me, it's been, okay, I'm going to accept that I'm going to kind of move forward in a certain way. And it's not necessarily a merit badge, but it's a kind of a. And merit badge isn't even the isn't even the greatest analogy or metaphor or whatever. Yeah, Uh, because you've already done the work when you get a merit badge. This is more of a. Sometimes you haven't done the work, but it's like you're stepping into a a new area of work. And then there are different there are different levels of initiation as you go too. So that which are more merit based, depending on what you practice, right? Or what kind of um, if you're going down into, if you're investigating some spiritual paths, some of them are progressive and some of them are not, depending on what you choose to um, believe and experience. I think I'm just going to pick up a copy of the Necromonicon and just go with that. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Once you've done reading it, you're going to put it on eBay. Yeah, I'm gonna put it on eBay after. I'm <laughs> no, I, it's, a, it's a, you know it's funny because the Necromonicon is a fictional work, right? But people have bought that, believing that they can go through that those rituals. 
Mm -hmm. That's fascinating to me. I knew a kid. Right. When I was right. younger. Yeah. Who yeah. was firmly convinced. And mm -hmm. I was just like, I don't know, man. And back then I didn't, I didn't fully understand that it was a fictional book. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but later on I realized, oh, this it's work of fucking fiction. It was written by Lovecraft. Like this is just this is horseshit. Um, but in some regards, though, anything with some intention can become a ceremony and can. Oh yes! Become, oh, absolutely! And, yeah. And you can make it into your own personal initiation mm -hmm. or your own personal ceremony. Um, and it I can absolutely be, agree. It could be something that someone has made up and you decide to adopt it, or it can be something that you completely make up on your own. And in, in part, this is how religions are started and spiritualities are, are started. Well, is well one, thing that, one thing that I've said about, um, you know, when people would ask me, what's the difference between what you do when I was practicing ritual magic and like Christianity or Judaism or, you know, Buddhism or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, these normalized religions, I guess you would say, we would call them. <clears throat> and I would say that, and I would say to them often that what I do is a more artistic form of prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I'm expressing myself in a different way when I pray than, right. than what you do or right. what, you know, someone uh, like you does. And, and it's, <clears throat> and it, it I preferred it. It was it it, it felt right. It felt mm -hmm. personal. It felt uh, it gave me a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't so confined. And I didn't it, it. And I didn't see it to be evil. It was. It wasn't about like worshiping fucking Satan. It was just a goddamn belief structure. Right. Well, that's like baptism is essentially a initiation. And I'm speaking right. about baptism in most Christian um, forms of spirituality is in basically an initiation ceremony and ritual where you are um, dunked in, in the in the water to um, jobs um, to um, to under you know go some kind of transformation. You're now a different changed in the status of the group. Um, so other things like communion are also types of initiation or yeah. um, rites of passage that are practiced in that form. Well, well, of well, again, they're rituals that put us into a mindset because obviously mm -hmm. the wafer is not the body of Christ, you know, and the wine is not the blood of Christ you take these things, you accept these things as a replacement. It's a form of, uh, it's actually a form of magic. <clears throat> I think it's called th thaumaturgy or something like that. I, 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 I know I'm fucking that word all up, <laughs> but it, it's a, it, 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 in, it, in that you replace the thing with something else right. in the ritual. Right. And it's, putting yourself in that mindset i'm taking these things of this this holy being this messiah into my body right you know taking that power i i, I often wonder if catholics understand like the like the 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 raw and, and i say this and people will, will look at it to the totally wrong way but the raw power that comes with that the idea of that sim symbolism that they're doing in that mm -hmm. ritual, you right. know, the, the actual power for themselves spiritually. And I don't think they do. I think it's, I think it's a, a complete missed opportunity because I think they just do it, you know, as a, Oh, mm -hmm. body of Christ. Oh, Amen. Yeah. Just go through the motions. Yeah. I, I don't know because that's not what I practice. Right. But exactly. I, I, but, but, it, it, but it is a powerful totally, thing. It is, a, you know, from, um, you know, from a point of view where you you acknowledge that they, they no, it's a toad. It's uh, from Shadow <laughs> Mick. Uh, no, it's lick a toad that gives a gateway to dream quests. Uh, I don't know about the licking of the toad. 
I don't know if I'm going to go with the licking of the toad. I think that might be some uh, some bad juju doing that. Pretty sure you got to scrape the toad, put it on glass, and then it's going to be dried, and then you got to smoke it. Some shit like that this is the proper way to do it. There, Shadow Mick. So stop. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna explain how to do drugs on this show, you explain it the proper way, or don't explain it at all. <laughs> True. This yeah. this has been a the more you know. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't I can't speak to that either. Can't, other can't than, speak to that than one? yeah, yeah. <sighs> I, I have not used um any kind of pharmaceutical or animal derived material to or any the, or any hallucinogenic drugs. Right to um, induce um, shamanic trance. I have no problem doing it without the um, without the drugs. Without the drugs, yeah, I'm, I'm good. The drugs can I, be fun, though. I, so I'm told. The drugs so I'm can told, be, you know, and that is a really, fun. really big thing is to do the um, ayahuasca. Oh, and, I w- see, and I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go uh, ayahuasca. Well, ayahuasca, big, I think, is going de- is going too deep for people. It's like a, an extreme pur- purgative. It like makes you really sick. Yeah, it, uh, see, you know, and I, a lot of I, people I, don't want to go that extreme. Yeah, the, with the ayahuasca thing, I think that's some crazy shit people are doing. I think, I think if you want to have a, <clears throat> excuse me, I think if you want to have a, a deep, um, call it shamanic journey or whatever, you know, in that sense mushrooms uh peyote all of which mm-hmm. you know you can get here mm-hmm. you know and and you can actually the all the stuff to make dmt i think is here mm-hmm. in the u.s it's just it's it's weird um like how the the laws are with it and and i don't i don't know all the logistics i know that like you have to boil like one plant with another plant because DMT itself will if it, it just gets burned up in your stomach. But if you have an MAOI inhibitor in your stomach, mm-hmm. that yeah. it causes the body to be able to process it. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes you trip. Mm-hmm. It's when you have the two together. Right. Uh, yes. And they figured this shit out like ages ago in the fucking middle of the jungle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, which is pretty amazing because the two du- du- plants that they use to make up ayahuasca don't grow in the same habitats. Right. So it, like, that's, the, the whole thing's just kind of, it's kind of weird. Yeah. The, like, how did they come across this stuff? And, and, yeah. you know, it gives you these amazing, potent hallucinogenic, you know, mm-hmm. very far out. Like the people who talk about their DMT trips are. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go, it goes far. Like they, they're like, I was talking to other beings and there's geometric shapes and mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty deep. Um, yeah. And I've had some pretty awesome experiences, you know, spiritual experience. And I'll call them spiritual experiences on mushrooms. Right. Yeah. That's a really common one. And in fact, there's a lot of like, when you dig into the mythology of Santa Claus, that is going back to a prior like Northern European and like, sir, um, um, in nor like northern Russia, uh, like yeah, Eurasian I think it's, I think it's the uh, Amanita muscaria mus- yes, muscle. It's the, yes, it's the red it. cap one. Yeah. Yes, and that that um is a kind of that story with the like the flying reindeer or is harking back to like kind of shamanic medicine men of mm-hmm. of early years, and that they extensively used um of that mushroom to have shamanic experiences. And um, in, in some fa- kind, because it's slightly toxic, they wouldn't eat it, but they'd feed it to the reindeer and then drink the reindeer pee because yep. the, the, the reindeer metabolized it a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would wear these like red and white suits, which later evolved into Santa Claus. There's there's stuff on the Internet about it, which, you know, it's the Internet. So take it with a grain of salt. But it is kind of an interesting backstory to Santa Claus. I got I got to correct my producer here. Here, Holly. Uh Katie, the burning bush story in the Bible was totally a DMT trip. I that's very subjective. 
while I agree that a lot of the stuff that happened in the Bible probably had something to do with psychedelics, I don't know that the burning bush was a DMT trip. Uh, Joe Rogan had somebody on and they talked about it and the amount of DMT that would have to be in the plant and for it to, you know, have been, that's what it, what it was. Um, it's just, it's not really viable, but I do believe that there was some tripping out going on back in, uh, back in the day, mm-hmm. back in, the, there's a whole idea that all of Christianity was based on a mushroom cult. There's a, there's a whole theory of that, that it was all a mushroom cult originally. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. It, it, it gets, I mean, it gets pretty silly, but nobody knows. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to get back to the, you know, initiation rituals, it's interesting that all of these, all of these, uh, these different belief structures have these initiation rituals to, yeah. to one degree or another. Yeah, there it does seem like human beings want to have some kind of ceremony to help um at the very bring least somebody create, else into the tribe. Yeah, or create a shift or to recognize a shift where like, you know, going into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um or, you know, um one that interests me um I've been doing some reading about is this kind of this the sexual um rituals which is like Herogamos um which is trying to create that shift into like sexual union um, mm-hmm. in between the God and the goddess and what that is all about. Cause that's a little one of these things that's a bit hush hush, but it's in that ceremonial realm and that kind of ritual realm. And you know, what well, is think, going I, I on think, with that? I think that uh, if used properly, like uh, sex magic or quote unquote sex magic, You know, if people uh, because I think that's a a huge issue with people is their inability to do any type of open communication and exploration sexually. And a lot of these sexual rituals allow for that. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they bring a lot of these things into the bedroom. Right. Which create these, you know, uh. Or or can help to create these bigger, better bonds. I'm sure there's people who have practiced sex magic who have just been like total horrible to each people to each other, you know. But I mean, you, you could just if you if it's used properly, it can be very fulfilling. Well, right, and like in you know, there's that whole other branch of like yoga called tantra, mm-hmm. which has gotten particular attention for kind of tantric sex and that kind of thing. But in a lot of and times, sting, and sting, right. Sting right. Right. With his fucking, what is fucking full body orgasm? Like I keep an right. erection and fuck for hours and hours on end. And well, right. Because the point a lot of times is a prolonged pleasure rather than a mission. Right. So it's to see. I totally like. I completely understood what Sting was saying, but like men around the globe were like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> right. And so you know, the the intent is to like one to achieve a lot of bliss, and two to um also use that energy as a way of kind of shifting your own personal energy or getting a new perspective on things. Right. Well. In a way, in a lot of these ways, like it's again, it's it goes back to that mindset thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're doing these these things, and and you're also being sexual at the same time, mm-hmm. you're putting yourself in a mindset, right? And you're purposefully doing that at a time when, uh, generally, your brain kind of goes haywire. So at the same time, you're trying to have some form of cohesion in those really wild animalistic moments mm-hmm. and keep that whatever that thing is, that that ritualistic thing or ritual thing that you're supposed to do and keeping that all, you know, in time. It, 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 but it can be very powerful, both emotionally um i think spiritually um because if i i think if two people really get each other in that way 
um, then those types of activities can only make things stronger and better. Oh, yeah. Because I do, I do a, believe that. A lot of like, um, you know, vulnerability and openness. And the minute there's a, a wound there, you, you kind of have to address that. Right. You know, because you can't go any farther until you kind of um, address that wounding and talk about what whatever that pain point is. And so that that kind of like ceremonial intimacy kind of creates a, a, a time and a place to bring up those pain points and deal with it in a kind of like a, in a ritualistic way rather than in a more impersonal real life way, if that makes any sense. Right. Well, the, <clears throat> what I think is that these, these things, they allow us to, to explore ourselves sexually mm -hmm. when, when we're talking about those types of rituals mm -hmm. you know and that i think that's important i think it's it's super important for people um and i do i do i think that these types of rituals can be very powerful i'm um, now and, and again <clears throat> this is coming from somebody who thinks that a lot of this stuff is very personal and I like to keep it to myself. Um, but in the right, in the right tune, so to speak, you know, two people can, you know, to use a fucking stupid cliche, make really great music together, you know, in this, in, in that way. if you get what I'm saying. No. Yeah. I know what you're saying. And I think that, you know, getting back to the initiation part of it is that sometimes there are, um, there's symbology there or, you know, and it, it can be between, you know, just two individual people, but there can be a sacredness and a ceremonial aspect to it more. So, you know, if you set the intention and it no longer becomes just, a pleasure activity or a casual thing, but you set the intention of what you're going to do and bring ceremony into, um, right. Make it, make it more, make it, make it something more, make it something more, <clears throat> right. Put some, you know, which, bigger which, meaning to it. which, which let's all be honest. Like, you know, that needs to happen in a lot of sexual relationships anyway. You know, that we're, everything just becomes mundane after a while. It's just all fucking, it's fucking eggs and toast, eggs and toast, eggs and toast, eggs and toast. <laughs> you know, after a while, with a lot of people, it is. With a lot of people, they, they fall into those ruts. They don't. They don't try to go outside of anything. They mm -hmm. just get stuck in it. Mm -hmm. And to explore or to go to a different area to find that different mindset mm -hmm. would be a good thing for them. Well, right. And and, <clears throat> and consider... that doesn't necessarily have to be sex magic, by the way. <laughs> well, no, you know, it, you know, it doesn't have to fall into any kind of specific, you know, it's previously established belief system, but it is maybe putting some conscious attention and intention around exactly what you're doing. I mean, one of the things that I, I do notice is that, that, you know, there if you're doing that, it, it makes it more difficult to. Um, accidentally create a new human being <laughs> because you know you are putting some consciousness around what you're doing and and the kind of ceremonial or spiritual aspect to it and it, you know in that case you're probably making a decision to create a new being or not right um and you know how many, you know, how different is that of an upbringing when you are consciously created versus when you're an oops? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think at the most, most people in the world, not all of them, but a good significant percentage of people in the world are fall more in the latter category of a, of a, a unplanned creation or unplanned pregnancy, however you want to put it. Versus, you know, two people very much coming together and saying, all right, we're ready. Let's right. let's let's try to make 
bring a new life into the world. Right. And, you know, have the ceremony of that. Although there are some, you know, on the internet, I've read some things, but there are some like tribes in Africa where they, they start singing songs and imagining, um, in doing some kind of ceremonial work before, before they conceive and do that kind of sex magic or like creative conception, um, which is its own different kind of a initiation where they're actually initiating someone into physical existence. Right. Yeah. So they're like the, the initiation is of the birth. Yeah. Or the conception. It's like called like calling in the spirit. So we got it. We got a comment. Holly, I don't know if we want to weigh in on it. No, this one, this one's actually pertinent. Sam Dallas. I, mean, I don't know who Sam is, but uh, we gave it a go. Hi, Sam. Yeah. My wife of 30 years was wounded by the attempt. I mean, wh- what'd you do, Sam? We are still recovering th- three years later. Sexual, uh, sexual energy. energy can backfire. Wow. W- w- what'd you do, man? I mean, did you tr- did you try to give her the angry pirate while this was going on? I mean, fucking elaborate here, dude. It just throwing us fucking... You're throwing us little nuggets. You got to give us the whole story, Bob. I don't know. Like I'm sure, I'm sure that you know those types of things can, in some way, backfire. Um, and I'm sure in some cases, like you can find that maybe this isn't the person you were supposed to be with. Well, right. But I think I, I think don't... I think people neglect to look at the energy between the two of them sexually far more than people want to admit that they just, they just neglect to look at it and see it. They see, Oh, this person's attractive. I should be attracted to that person. So that's it. Right. Well, I can actually kind of slightly talk to some vaguely personal experience in this is that when I started to be, um, a little bit more true to myself and be more honest with myself and kind of look into the, my spiritual belief system and what was right for me. I all of a sudden had this big shift that a lot of my life wasn't what I really wanted. And I was um, engaged in a lot of things that was to make other people happy. And mm-hmm. so one of these things that can happen with an initiation um, is that when you start kind of working on yourself and saying, okay, I'm going to be a better person. Well, and you start understanding true. yourself. And you start understanding yourself. You all of a sudden have this awakening of, oh, things in my life aren't really what I want. And that can be the job. That can be the partner. That can be where you live. It can be relationship with other people, including family members. And all of a sudden, you're in this place of reshifting things. And that is definitely something that happened with me. And it, you know, in order to kind of go through this internal transformation, I had to kind of reestablish what was true for me on myself. And that this is part of that kind of underworld experience of looking at myself and really trying to get a better understanding of who I was and who I am, and then kind of correcting course, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Which part of that was realizing that the, the person I was married to really wasn't the person I was happy with and, and having to kind of go through those kinds of experiences, which at the time weren't it, that experience was not pleasant. And I'm not trying to like glamorize initiations in any extent, because in some ways it can lead to some initial um, turmoil because of having to reconcile emotions inside yourself. Like what would you really want? Well, you have to address things within yourself. Absolutely. A lot of times. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of the rituals that were in uh, the uh, ritual magic that I practiced, it, there, there were rituals for like cutting away these things. And they would tell you like that these things, you know, in doing this, it's not what you think. It's not like you're just not letting go of it. This is something that you have to address. It's not just this letting go. You, you, you and you need to understand that as you're doing it. It's it's far more involved. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if there's been any kind of fakeness or lying to yourself about who you are, oh, well, yeah. oftentimes these kind of initiations will make you like really look in the mirror and be like, oh, yeah. you know, um, and this is where we, I would say this is more of an internal process. Well, that, that's one of the things that I, I realized more than anything about, uh, you know, being an addict is, is one of the biggest things that it taught me was you can lie to everybody on the fucking planet. You can lie to everybody. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I don't think it really matters. You start lying to yourself and you just betray everything. I mean, ultimately, you're betraying it. The minute you start lying to yourself, which is one thing that I had started doing, I I was lying to myself. Oh, I'm fine. Everything's good. I got it all under control. You know, I would do that. I'd do those rationalizations while at the same time going, dude, you get a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's those back and forth things. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but is that self defense um, deception is? Um, oh, it's it can it's lead a, to a it's lot a of real thing. It's a real thing. It can lead to a lot of unhappiness because you're not actually meeting your true needs, and um, and oftentimes a spiritual path. It doesn't matter which one you pick. Will start to guide you to be um, more honest with yourself. Yeah. And um, we do in a better direction for the most um, part. I I would be wary of any um, of any spiritual belief that is telling you to believe something that isn't true for you. That that might not be for you. What's amazing is that some serial killers compartmentalize their dark side. Mm -hmm. You know, so like they uh, there have been some of them. They talk about it like as if it's a different being a different entity you know and and those types of things are just kind of weird to me yeah you know Mm -hmm. because one thing that's interesting is like when you when what i would notice like when i was when i was practicing ritual magic when i would do those things when i was performing those rituals or excuse me um you know practice doing my daily practices or whatever there was a mindset. You got into a mindset. So you would, right. my mindset would change. So mm-hmm. was not so much a different person, mm-hmm. but there, there was a different energy about me when I was right. there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you find that there too. Like there's these, the, here are these weird guys where they, they like, there's a switch. Only they, mm-hmm. they have their normal life where they go to, go to work. They have a job sometimes maybe have a family kids and then when the switch is turned on they're like strangling people and raping them and killing them right yeah it's like holy fuck mm-hmm. yeah. but you know i i get the, you know the the there's that weird switch like that would happen with me and i'm not saying that uh you know that made me a fucking serial killer or anything i'm just saying that that's kind of weird that there's a, they have that ability to like that switch mm-hmm. um but I, I, you know, I would see that in myself, and it, like I said, it goes back to that mindset. You know that these when you when you go through these rituals, you're like I, I, when I would do ritual magic, they were basic rituals that you would do to like get into everything. So almost like a an initiation into what you were doing for the day, or 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 that particular mm-hmm. moment or time mm-hmm. or whatever the case may have been. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you're getting yourself into that mindset. Yeah. And then you're performing a certain ritual because that thing, that what you're doing, that gets you into that mindset, which puts you there, and then you go into mm-hmm. this. It's very, like I said, it's very structured, very tiered. Yeah. Yeah, and so like my my experience is not with anything that that is that structured or tiered, but I do think that that sometimes doing a ritual or doing a certain ceremony will get your um kind of your brain or your brain waves in a certain energy pattern mm-hmm. that promotes a certain amount a certain type of awareness. Um, you know, there is um 
you know, t- different types of brain waves. And most of us operate in like, I think a, what's called an alpha brainwave state, which mm-hmm. is like an our, our alert and active. And then a lot of type of meditations and even dreaming are in other brainwave states. And a lot of times ceremonies will help your brain transition into these alternate brainwave states. Right. Um, um, which, so there's that, some actual scientific explanation about what's going on with different states of consciousness. Your brain is actually functioning with a different type of brainwave state. Um, you know, so, but where do you go with that? That is the next, that's kind of up to you, how you choose to use your mental energy or. Right. Where um, you direct it. Where you and direct I, And it. I've always said, I, I think that most of these things, most of these practices Mm-hmm. Well, all of these practices, actually, they, they're they're systems, you know, and they can be used in whatever way you want to. If you want to use them to better yourself, perfect yourself, whatever the case may be, you know, uh, become better at something. I think that the, they can do that for you. Any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're if they're used properly. Um, and I think that they can make one a better person. And make one uh, see the world differently. And maybe start to see the forest for the trees in some cases. You know, realize your moments in the here and now. And not getting so caught up in the rigmarole of everyday life. And getting mowed over by it. And caught up in it. And taking those moments to smell the roses. Or see the sunrise. Or... You know, smell the fresh air. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the important things that sometimes we just forget. We f- we forget to just do it. You well, know, I that think we have these things. I think sometimes, in my experience, is that I have gotten so caught up with the outer experience that I have neglected the inner experience, and I'm mm-hmm. so worried about what things are happening outside around me. You know, different like work deadlines or commitments or um, you know, things like bills, taxes, um, how am I going to feed myself? Mm-hmm. That I have sometimes neglected the inner journey where in a lot of ways, you know, I've been so focused in the outside world that my enjoyment of the experience of being embodied here has suffered. And one of the things that my initiations have got me back to is a place of enjoying life as an, as an adventure. <laughs> Yeah. Even though sometimes the you know things haven't always felt you know exciting and or, or adventureful, and I have sometimes felt very depressed and not wanting to be here. But getting that reconnected to my true self and what my my personal experiences and my journey and where I am on my journey has helped me get a better um, perspective on things and a better enjoyment of my own life. Yeah, and people need to take time to do it. People need to take time to enjoy life. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you know, I think that it's so easy to get caught up in some of the negatives, and so many people are run down and um, unhappy or not living life to its fullest. And in what if this is your one shot? And I know some people are born into circumstances that are really difficult, into poverty, into um, illness. Um, you know, how 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 do you how do you make the best of it? How do you you know? And and that's one of these big questions that I kind of wrap my mind about. And yeah, you know, it's it's hard, and I know it's hard. And you, everyone deals with it in their own way, in their personal way. And I got to the place where it's like, okay, well, this might be my one shot here. I've got to make the best of it. I've got to have my experience. It's just been that back and forth of reconnecting with my, um, through initiation with my kind of inner self and kind of helps me be present when I'm, here in my everyday life right but that that what that's what works for me that is not necessarily what's going to work for someone else no and that's why i say that it's all personal 
Absolutely. You know, it's it, for every person, it's individual. It's not, you know, what's true for me is not necessarily true for you. Absolutely. So I say that a lot and you'll hear it a lot on this show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's not an exact science because it's so personal. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I always had a hard time with people saying, oh, well, the, the, it's, it's structured this way. You have to do it this way. And I was like, no, I can just do it the way I want to and it'll be fine. You know, it's, it's personal. It's my own. Mm -hmm. Um, and I found my own truths through that whole thing, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. in, in going about it that way. But, um, you know, I recommend to anybody to, to at least do some delving, do some looking. You know, if you've if you've got questions, if you've got curiosities and take take a little bit of the journey, you know, go look. It's not going to hurt you to look. You know, to get, it's not going to hurt you to take a, a little look into to, you know, what's going on. And just see and right. get some knowledge. You don't have to take that leap and, you know, take that initiation ritual, you know. Well, that's true. I do think, though, that some other ways of thinking kind of discourage exploration because it might be bad or demonic or take right. people on the wrong path. Well, you get, you just got that school system there. It was, a, it was a religious school system. I mean, but that banned the Harry Potter books because they could summon demons. Right. If you, if you think the fucking Harry Potter books are summoning demons you are the one with the fucking problem. Just got to state that for the record. You're the fucking idiot. So. <laughs> right. Uh, where I, I'm going to go is like anything, maybe take a look at what you're really afraid of. Like, yeah. is there a basis of, is there a basis there to be afraid of something? And, and that happens with a, a lot of different, things that there is a kind of a an air of something that's unwholesome and is that really truly merited or not right um you know like certainly because i grew up in a very protestant um christian background and and growing up you know the teachings that i got as a child were don't explore don't explore other of other types of spirituality um demons could possess you don't yeah, don't bad. You know, it's bad. You'll not go to heaven mm -hmm. if you do this. And it put me in a great big fear state. Um, whereas when I got older and I decided, you know, I, I was unhappy and what I where I was wasn't working for me. And I explored and I ex looked into a lot of different things, many, many different things. And I found something that felt right for me. And I was no longer in that fear place. Right. Which in it in itself was very liberating. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely when you, when liberating. You, when you find something that makes sense and that starts to give you some answers to your questions, of course. Of course. It's a wonderful feeling. You know, um, and like I said, I think anybody that has questions should definitely ask them. And it may be a journey you have to go on by yourself. You may not be able to take anyone with you on the journey. And that's fine, too. Don't be afraid to, you know, go down the path by yourself. It's going to get dark every once in a while, you know, but it's a journey. And that's how you have to look at it. This is slip into the night after all. We talked yeah. about the dark journey. Yeah, the dark journey. It is the dark um, journey. And on the, on the way, maybe, you know, other people in your life don't understand, but certainly you may actually meet people that do understand i would actually wouldn't have met chris if i had not gone on into my own darker journey and my own kind of spiritual um kind of self-exploration mm -hmm. um and i would have certainly not met many many other people who have really brightened in um my life um as well so oh, yeah and it, it's and totally kind there, of there, there's an old ad, there's an old adage that uh, you know when the student is ready the teacher will appear and, and and i think that goes for just people that you need in your life as well mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's just one of those old adages um 
and you know, I think it's a it's kind of a a great way for us to wrap this up is mm-hmm. you know the the idea that you know I think a lot of times when you get on these journeys, the things that you need tend to fall into place. Oh, absolutely. You know, and and uh, and you know, I I recommend it. You know, if you like I said, if you got the questions, ask them. What's it gonna hurt? What's it gonna hurt, Holly? What's it gonna hurt? It's not, but I think some people do get inhibited by fear, and yeah, I, I, I I absolutely understand being in that fear place because I was in that fear place probably for a good twenty years. Yeah, I'm not saying you should go out and sacrifice a goat. You know, put a pentagram up. You know, flip crosses upside down. I'm just saying, go look, go check some shit out. You'll be all right. Be all right. Dip your toe in. Dip your toe in. <laughs> Come on, do it. All right. Um. On that. On that. On that fucking note, Ollie. Uh, Are we gonna slip on out of here? This has been. Are we gonna have an interdimensional journey to a hot tub someplace? Slip into the night. <laughs> Episode five. Tantric magic in a hot tub. <laughs> Me, Holly, and Bubbles. <laughs> Bubbles will be the hooker we call. Oh, whoa! You're making it extra spicy. <laughs> if you like this show, hit the that little thumbs like up the button. That was like the taboo episode right there. <laughs> if you don't, hit the little thumbs down button. Leave a comment, people. Uh, subscribe <laughs> to the Fortean Slip. Uh, as always, check out our uh, good friends Matt Knapp at Bigfoot Crossroads and Cryptid Tales on YouTube. Check us out on Anchor.fm forward slash the Fortean Slip. Uh, check out uh, Phil Polling at youtube.com forward slash parabreakdown. Phil Polling. As always, check out our good friend, Dreadfun. Dreadfun, yeah. At youtube.com forward slash Dreadfun. <laughs> we will be back next week with another topic to stimulate your brain. And maybe Goodbye. other parts. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> good night.